we're just saying uh, a song that says, I know how this ends. Uh, we know the ending. And so today, we're gonna end our, our anchor series looking at, at the ending, Revelation 21, if you wanna go ahead and turn there. Today, we're gonna talk a little bit about heaven. Now, I wanna throw this disclaimer out uh, before we get started, a few of them. Number one, if you were here last week or watched online, Pastor Jason said that I haven't preached in three weeks, and so you better pack your lunch. He speaks the truth, and so I'm excited to be here today. Just kidding. Uh, I told him, I said, thanks, Jason. We'll have record low attendance. I really appreciate that. Uh, and so I'm just kidding. Man, our guys just did an amazing job. I'm so thankful for them. If you're just kind of tuning in and watching, and uh, if you missed some of our announcements earlier, just want to make sure you, you know next Sunday we'll be back to 9 and 1030. Our children's ministry will be open back up fully. We're excited about that. And we'll be starting a new sermon series uh, just speaking our, the DNA and, and kind of some vision of where we're going and, and how it applies practically from budget to staffing to uh, how we're gonna live out that mission, music, everything will be brought up during those four weeks. So don't miss, it's gonna be awesome. How, that, how about that for a cliffhanger? Uh, so you, you're not gonna wanna miss the next four weeks. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. So today we're gonna talk about heaven. As we kind of conclude our, our anchor series, um, let me just throw out another disclaimer here. Uh, I'm gonna preach about something uh, in a place where I've never been. I've never been there. I know that we live in a day that it kind of, if you wanna sell a book or maybe even a movie, go to heaven and come back to life. You know, like it's, it's everywhere. There's more maybe stories or experiences maybe than ever uh, of people that are, you know, I've gone to heaven and come back. And while uh, I don't discount those people, I, don't, I can't say if any of their personal experiences, but here's what I do wanna say. The authority for heaven and how we think about it is found in God's word. Uh, and so we don't ever want to find more authority or excitement in what somebody else says about heaven, whether it's a dream or vision or felt like they, they went there. We wanna find it from what God it chose to reveal and tell us about heaven. He created it. And so he lets us know, uh, now I say, I've never been there, but I'll tell you, uh, there was a, a moment during Levi's delivery that Stacy went, went to heaven. There was a moment where they had to give her some medication that, well, you're gonna see a video at some point. I have to extremely edit this video first, but it was recorded because it was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I can't show Stacy the video yet because it makes her laugh and it hurts, but I'll tell you this, at one point in this medicine, uh, she was high as a kite under doctor supervision uh, that every time she closed her eyes, she would say, I'm going to heaven. And uh, she was probably having an outer body experience and I tried to FaceTime a few people uh, to s join in on the experience. It was amazing, I love you babe. She's not here, but I'm sure watching. And uh, every time she closed her eyes, she'd be like, I'm going to heaven. Like, that's it. Like, I'm going right now. And at one point, like, it got, like, serious. And it, it gave me, like, chills. And I'm like, oh, my word, this is crazy. What did y'all give my wife? Y'all, like, legit just sent her to heaven. And so uh, I have not been there, uh, but I do think we want to be really careful as how we think about heaven. Because it's easy sometimes for us to say, well, I want to gain knowledge about from someone who's, who's experienced it. Well, revelation is from God's word given to a man to experience heaven and give it to us that we would understand and know about it. So though we wanna listen or watch or hear these other things, we wanna make sure that we filter it through the truth of, of God's word. So today we're gonna talk about heaven a little bit. And here's what we wanna do. We wanna, I'm gonna read the text and we're gonna kind of break it down 
But then I wanna make sure we close in asking ourselves, how is heaven an anchor today? Uh, what does this have to do with how we live, work, and, and play today in light of, of what heaven is? And so let me share with you a little fear I think a lot of Christians have, but we don't like to talk about. It's kind of like, mm, if I have this fear, like maybe I'm less Christian uh, for thinking this, but I think there's a little fear that maybe how can heaven be so amazing? It seems like we're gonna get bored. Like, I mean, your, your view of heaven is like, man, I'm gonna be sitting on a cloud in a diaper and playing like a harp or like we're in the South. So maybe your idea is like, well, I'm gonna be playing a fiddle, you know? And, like, and so, um, and, and what are we gonna do? Or maybe your thought is, man, heaven is gonna be like a really long choir practice. And, and so we're gonna be singing all the time. Like the angels are singing, holy, holy are you. Like at some point, like, won't we get tired of singing that song? You know, I, some of you, I see you now. You're like, man, you know, I'm tired of singing this song. Some of you, like, you're just waiting. Anybody, like, listen to a song on the radio, and after they played it the 48th time, like, that day, you're like, Phew, somebody write a new one, all right? So how is heaven gonna be amazing? Uh, how are we not gonna get bored? And how is it gonna be so glorious? Matter of fact, one pastor even said, when I think about heaven, I, I kind of get underwhelmed thinking about how bored we could get. And I think there's a, a, a misunderstanding, a lot of misunderstandings about what's actually, what is heaven and what is it gonna be like when we get there? And then how can that drive how we live out the gospel today? I mean, what are we gonna be doing for all of eternity? So Revelation 21, I'm gonna read it. Uh, we're gonna read the first six verses and then we'll close out our message today with verse seven and eight. So here we go. He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea uh, was no more. I saw, also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seating on the, seating on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. He also said, right, because these words are faithful and true. They're faithful and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I'm the alpha and the omega in the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. Now there's other places in Revelation that talks about heaven. As a matter of fact, we know the Bible gives us about 500 references to heaven and about 10%, right at 50 of those, are in the book of Revelation. And so it, it's a, a picture of end things. He, he's sharing with us how this story ends and we're able to work backwards because of that. Because I know how the story ends, it affects how we ultimately live today. So I wanna just draw up maybe a few points and, and maybe gain some understanding on, on what we think about heaven, what's gonna, what we're gonna experience there, and then how that impacts how we live out. So the first one is this. Heaven is gonna be a time of renewal. It's gonna be a time of renewal. Notice here at the beginning of chapter 21 how many times he says new. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth and there will be a new Jerusalem. So it's a time of renewal where, where God is gonna make things new. Now, understand in their time, they understood heaven. Notice at one place it says, and out of heaven came a new Jerusalem. And so 
how can he be, how can there be heaven and out of heaven come something? They, they understood that there were three heavens. There was the sky, so where the birds fly, where butterflies are, when you and I fly in an airplane, we're in kind of this first heaven. I mean, think about it. When you're 30,000 feet in the air on a piece of metal, buckled to your chair, eating some free peanuts, if they still give those out because of COVID, and you look out the window, you understand like it is heavenly. You are in the clouds, which I always thought clouds are gonna be nice and fluffy. And then you fly and they're not. And like I hit the cloud and all of a sudden I'm shaking. I don't like that junk. Like miss the cloud for me, pilot. Anyway, you're in the heavens and you're like, man, that it's unbelievable and it's glorious. And, and that's kind of this first heaven. The second heaven is the cosmos. You look out and you see the stars and the galaxies and, and then you realize that what you can see is infinitely small portion of the galaxies. As a matter of fact, what we know is that every day the universe is continually expanding and that the farther we go, the farther the glory of God is being displayed in the universe. And so when you look up to the stars, you look to heavens. I mean, I can remember thinking as a child, like maybe heaven is like past that star. And the reality is the stars are the heavens declaring the glory of God. And he created them to do that. But then there's a third heaven. And this heaven is unique in that it is where the throne of God is. It, wherever God is, heaven is. And God is omnipresent. And so we have the sky, we have the, uh, the cosmos, and then we have where God is. Jesus said, I'm going somewhere to prepare a place for you. And when you die, you will be with me in this location. And so there is an actual heaven for now, and we're gonna talk about kind of what that looks like. And he says in this, there's gonna be a new one. There's gonna be a new heaven. There will be a, a, a new earth, and there will be a new Jerusalem. The word new here in the Greek is the word neos, and it literally means brand new. Think about it like this. Imagine there's a, a Corvette, or maybe you're a Mustang guy, and uh, only Jesus is gonna end the, the Ford Chevrolet battle, but uh, and so you, you imagine somebody takes a new new v, a car like this. It's been beaten up, it's rusted out, old engine, and they say, "I'm going to make it new." What do they do when you get that car back? There's remnants of of what it was like, but man, now there's new technology and there's new things in it, and and you're like, "Man, that is amazing. That's a a whole new car." I, I loved the old show Extreme Home Makeover because they would come in. And man, by the way, they started like a whole chip and join against movement. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone is like joining against in their house. And what you're hoping is there's like a remnant of what it used to be like, like there's a hallway, but then now it's like brand new. It's like a whole new thing. And so there are gonna be these remnants of what you and I know, but it's gonna be made completely brand new. In other words, this new heaven and new earth, it is everything that we have loved about this old heaven and old earth minus the curse of sin. And so once the curse of sin is removed, creation's beauties are heightened. Its, its pleasures are gonna be strengthened and, and our limitations will be removed from this. Isaiah 65, 17 talks about it like this. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. This new heaven and new creation will be so good that the best of what we thought we experienced here will not even be remembered because the new thing is so good. It's kind of like, you know when someone passes away that you love, there might've been things that they did to get on your nerves, things they did to make you mad, but when they pass, you only remember these good things. You only, the, the good swallows up 
the bad. And this is what's gonna happen. This new heaven and new earth will be so good that it will swallow up a memory of, of anything that could be bad or, or is here. So the question we need to ask ourselves then is what does a glorified earth look like? Because heaven is not gonna be so much this like pie in the sky place where we take a left at the one millionth cloud and, and uh, you know, the fifth right at the eighth galaxy and then we're there. Rather, God is bringing a new heaven and a new earth here. And as he makes it new, we gotta ask ourselves, what will a glorified earth look like? I mean, I just get slapped crazy when I think about this, how amazing it's gonna be. I mean, think about it. What, what's a glorified food gonna taste like in heaven? I mean, just think about it. It's gonna be like Waffle House, but it's gonna make you healthy. I mean, it's gonna be legit like manna from heaven, Manna from heaven, it was bread from heaven, it was sweet, it's legit like a glorified crispy cream that makes you healthy. And there probably will just be no vegetables in Jesus' name in that place. Like salad, like, you know, are you like salad lovers? Like you're a thing of the past, okay? Hey, it's gonna be, like, you're probably gonna get to heaven and like salad's gonna make you fat. And so like, but here's the deal, in heaven there will be no worry of that, there'll be no thought of that because the impacts of sin will be gone. And so we're gonna ask ourselves, what, what is it like to live in a place of ultimate pleasure, but with no pain? Think about almost every pleasure that we know here, too much of that pleasure can become painful. I mean, food can be pleasurable, but too much of that can be painful. Too much, I mean, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. You can love somebody so much that you then make them a crutch and it becomes painful. A relationship can be good, but if it's too much, it can be bad. And, but yet heaven is gonna be a place where there is so much pleasure, yet sin is removed and we get ultimate pleasure with no pain. We'll have a new body. I mean, think about it. A new body that we get it was ultimately kind of like a highlight reel was displayed to us in Jesus. In his resurrected state, we kind of got a glimpse of what it was gonna be like. There was a little bit of, uh, of continuity to the past. They recognized Jesus. They, they knew who he was. He had a body. People recognized him. And he sat down and he ate food with them on purpose. I believe it's a, a foretaste of what it will be like. Yet his body did not have limitations. And you say, well, that was Jesus. He is God. Yet it says that we will be raised with him. We will be given a new body, a new creation like Christ. And so what does that mean? I mean, at one moment, Jesus is floating in the sky. And in another minute, he just appears in a room. So what is heaven gonna be like? Well, N.T. Wright says it like this. He's a, a theologian, a British theologian. He says, one day God is going to do with the entire cosmos what he has already done with the resurrected Jesus. We will be made like him. See, Jesus' resurrection is like the appetizer. It's the, the highlight reel of, of this blockbuster movie that we will get to live out forever. Uh, and so heaven, as we think about it, he says, uh, man, I want you to see this new heaven, this new earth, this new Jerusalem, a place he says there'll be no more sea. Now, some of you kind of get sad. You're like, wait, there's gonna be no ocean? The ocean is like my happy place. I don't think that's what he's saying when he talks about there being no more sea. Some theologians say, yeah, there'll be no more ocean. It's all land and we get to like enjoy the craters of, of the earth. I don't think that's what he's saying. If you go back to the previous chapter, it tells us that out of the sea, the dead will come. And the idea was that they viewed the sea as like a place of, of the dead, a place where the dead would go. And so I believe what he's saying is there, it's a place where there's no more dead, where the dead will no longer spring forth, where it's a place where there's only those who are truly alive 
alive and experience a life in Christ. I mean, it's gonna be an amazing place. This new Jerusalem, he says, it's a, it's a holy city. It's gonna come down out of the sky. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. It's ultimately the capital city of, uh, of heaven. But it's not just a place, it's also a people. Abraham, it says he was going to this ultimate place. We're looking to this, this foreshadowing ultimately of the promised land is heaven. And so it's, it's the garden with no sin where we can walk with, with God. Now, just as a, an FY, this heaven doesn't exist yet. He gives us a timeline of when this heaven will happen. Uh, after the great white throne judgment where uh, the, the good and the evil, those are separated. He says, then he will, uh, the old will be done away with and then he will bring forth and recreate this new heaven. So I know some of you are like, well, hang on, hold up. Whoop, stop right there. Hey, where's heaven then? And if this heaven is not created, then what's gonna happen for me like when I die? So yes, the Bible does refer to this heaven and it refers to heaven wherever the throne of God is. So right now, there's a, a temporary heaven that when people pass, they don't just go to sleep. I know the passage where he talks about people sleeping, but that is talking about dying. So when people die who have their faith in Jesus, where do they go? They just go to a, a, a temporary place. It's kind of like a, a, a perfect layover spot. When you think of layover, don't think of like Atlanta airport. That's like miserable and from, probably from Satan. But I want you to think of a heavenly place where Jesus is, and where the glory of God is and where people will go and it's paradise and it's in preparation of a final heaven that's gonna be complete where all of us will be together and we will get to enjoy. So there is a time of renewal. But I also want you to see that there's a, a, a new relationship that'll happen. Look in verse three. In verse three, he tells us that as we think about this, he says, then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. You see, right now, though God is omnipresent, he's also transcendent. He's uh, high above the heavens and the earth. It says that the earth is his footstool. Yet here in heaven, God is not only transcendent, he's gonna be imminent. He will be among us. You see, heaven is where God and his people will ultimately be reunited. Well, there'll be a, no need for a faith because he will be with us. Our faith will be revealed. Our faith will come to reality. And in God's Shekinah glory of God will dwell amongst his people. He will be there. And so heaven is this ultimate relationship with God and it's a reunion, if you will. Think about it. As he talks about this, we're gonna be reunited with all of our family and friends who have, who have experienced a, a temporary death and we will be reunited with them if their faith is in Jesus as Savior and Lord. So for those who have gone before you, I think about how beautiful this is gonna be. A son will be reunited with a father or a mother, a, a, a family, a mom or a dad who've experienced the loss of their child. You will get to enjoy a reunion with your child. You've experienced something that we would not want for anyone. Some of you have, have lost a, a child and you've gone through a, a birth process where you, you've lost a child and you've mourned through that. Yet heaven is a, a beautiful reunion with, where we will get to be reunited with those we love because of Jesus Christ. Yet, though there's a beautiful reunion and, and a relationship that is there, man, parents, though you, you've lost your children and you're gonna be reunited with them, we'll be reunited with mom and, and dad and, and, and there's gonna be, it's gonna be beautiful 
What makes heaven heaven is that God will be present and we will be together and reunited rightly with him. We'll be, uh, now in this, let me just say, a lot of people ask me, do you think we're gonna know who people are in heaven? Like, are we gonna, how are we gonna know who is who? Uh, and at what age will I be when I get there? Ultimately, what you're asking, when I get there, am I gonna be like my youthful self or will I be my aged self? And how will people know who I'm there? Here's what we do know. We know that they recognize who Jesus was. Uh, it took them a moment. You know, at first, she looks over and she thinks he's a gardener and then he allows himself to be known. So there is a way that we, we're gonna know. I, I believe that we will maintain our personal identity in heaven. Men will be transformed as glorified men. Women will be transformed as glorified women. Uh, we are made in the image of God and in the image of God, he created them, man and woman, male and female. And so when we get to heaven, it, we're, we're gonna be glorified in that way, yet, I believe we'll still possess our individual names. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You're gonna find in just a little bit, he says that our names will be tattooed on his head. And so he knows our names, so parents, no pressure when you're naming your children. It's just gonna be there for eternity, okay? So for some of you who are really thinking it's trendy to pick these cool, crazy names, think about that for just a moment when their name is called up yonder, okay? And so uh, we're gonna have identity. We're gonna know who they are. Yet your personality and your individuality, who God made you to be, uh, who, how he created you, is still gonna be present, but perfectly present in heaven. So you who are artists, you who are creative and you can sing and create and make. Some of you, you can make with your hands and do beautiful things in that. The fullness of that will be present in heaven and we will know each other in heaven. The next question then comes, well, if we know each other in heaven, will we know who is not there? I, I believe that heaven is gonna swallow up all pain and suffering and there will, we will miss a knowledge of who's not there. God's gonna allow us to and know who is there, but heaven will be so good and in such an enjoyable way that we're gonna miss the people who are not uh, there. We're not gonna know them. And so, but most of all, we're gonna be with God. The Shekinah glory, father-son-spirit relationship will be fully realized. That means, yes, some of you, we're gonna finally understand the Trinity. It's gonna be amazing. And, and it's gonna be there. And I'm gonna ask him, is it really like an egg or ice and water and vapor? Or, or how does this work? We're gonna get to see it. The Father and the Son and the Spirit will be there. Listen how Revelation 5 talks about it in verse four. He says, they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. Now, some people would say that means there's literally gonna be no more nighttime, meaning there'll be no naps, there'll be no sleep. Some of you are like, how is it gonna be heaven without a nap? New bodies, I guess, because a nap time can feel like heaven. Can I get an amen? We're getting there. Sunday afternoon's coming. So, but, and he says, heaven is gonna be so glorious and that his glory will shine. Now, what I know this means is that 
as he is amongst us, he will guide us. He, he will be our light. He will give us direction and vision. He will govern. He will lead us as our God who is present. And so there'll be no night. There'll be no misunderstanding. There'll never be a lack of direction or clear vision or knowing exactly where to go. He will no longer only be our lamp into our feet and our light into our path. He will be our fully realized, actualized light that we get to experience. There'll be no worry or fear over what's gonna happen in the future or, or what's gonna happen in the life of my children or my family. There'll be no fear of the future, just full vision in light of the Shekinah glory of God. His presence will be our light. Now, notice though, it also says that the only way really to read that is that our names are gonna be on his forehead. Like some of you are thinking if it's heaven, then there's gonna be a very organized list of alphabetical names tattooed on his head. Uh, and you're like, well, then God is really big. I don't know that that verse is being saying he's actually gonna have a list of every person tattooed on his head as much as it's saying we are gonna be so intimately connected to the Father that he's gonna know us and we will know him. He's gonna know every person there. He knows every one of us. He knows the hairs on our head and heaven will be glorious and that we will be intimately connected to the Father. Not as a stranger who sometimes you pray and you wonder, God, do you hear my prayers? But someone that we will be with and can talk to and be led by. We will be intimately connected to him. The Trinity will be realized. As a matter of fact, the only thing that will be man-made in heaven will be the scars that are on the hands and the side of Jesus as a reminder of the shepherd that was slain, the Messiah who purchased our ability to enjoy God fully. So we will, it'll be a time of, of renewal. God will make all things new. There'll be a, a new relationship that we get to be a, a perfect family. Let me just as a side note say this. Some of you are thinking, well, what about me? I'm single. I'm not married. I don't think I will ever be married. So how does, how does this happen for me? We live in a culture that sometimes idolizes marriage and relationships and family as if the only way to truly live life is to, to be married and to have a family. And like, if you don't get that, then you've missed life. But really all of that is something that God put in us that is to be actualized in heaven. The, the desire for family and to be a part of that family unit is that we are gonna be a part of the family of God and that your singleness will be fully satisfied and enjoyed in heaven as a part of the family of God where we are all together, where marriage is not present, yet God is there leading who we are. And so for those who are single, understand the perfect fulfillment that you have right now will not happen in this world. So if you are pressing for a relationship, Girls, if you're like, I gotta find the guy, I gotta find the guy, and if I don't find the guy, life has no meaning. Life will never have meaning outside of God, and it will never be fully experienced and enjoyed until we get to heaven anyway. And so don't press on your singleness, enjoy God, and know that in your worship of him, it'll be perfectly satisfied one day when we enjoy heaven. There's a, 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 a renewing that's happening, there's a new relationship that's happening, but then there's a new reality. There'll be a new reality. There's gonna be a new way that we live and enjoy life. Let me give you a few ways that this text tells us that things are gonna become new and, and real for us in an everyday type of way. Look with me in verse four. He says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. 
Now, some of you men are just inwardly screaming, amen. You're like, no more crying. Yes, uh, right? There'll be no more crying there. But this is overall a new reality. We will lose the effects of sin on our life. The effects of sin bring about pain and suffering and emotional difficulties and stress and distress. Revelation 7, 17 says it like this. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Oh, what that means about heaven is it's a place of no pain. It means there's no chronic illness, no aching joints. There's no tears. It means there's no depression and no fear, no worry and no stress. There's no misunderstanding. There's no relational conflicts that are there. There's no more emergency rooms or intensive care wards or chemotherapy units. We'll never hear another child ring the bell of their last chemotherapy treatment because it will no longer be present. There'll be no pharmacies or children's hospitals. There'll be no funeral homes in heaven. There'll be no more homicide departments or grief counselors or security guards. And in the name of Jesus, there will be no more tax forms. Can I get an amen? He is made, yes, come on. He, there will be no more effects of sin. It will be a society of people where he has moved the, 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 the weight that we feel of sin on us. You see, God has already removed the weight of the punishment of sin from our shoulders. But in heaven, there will be, we'll be saved from the power and the presence of sin in our life at all. And, and ultimately, any pain that sin inflicts on our life, it will no longer be there. You see, we forget what it's like, even though we're saved, to live in a world where we feel the weight of sin constantly. Every day, we're battling against sin personally. We're battling against the impact of sin on our life. Isaiah 25, verses eight and nine, he, this is how he talks about it. He says, he will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people, he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. And it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Oh, it's a place where sin no longer will affect us. And in fact, if some of you right now, you are battling with some of these things. You are living life in chronic pain. Listen, I look forward to this. I'm at a place in life now. I just turned 30, I'm 35. January, I'll be 36. Sadie was asked uh, to talk about the color of, of hair that everyone has in our family. She said, oh, mama has black hair. Lukey has brown hair. I have brown hair. Levi doesn't really have a lot of hair yet, but I think it's gonna be brown. And daddy's is white. Are you serious right now, Sadie? There's some brown in there. That's kind of what she did. She said, a uh, lot more white right there. Thanks, thanks, appreciate that. As we think about it, I'm at a place in life right now where I, I can kind of go to bed sometimes and wake up sore the next morning. Like, I literally just went to sleep. I just went to bed. And while I was sleeping, somehow I rolled over and inflicted pain upon myself. And there's like a depression that kind of comes with that a little bit like, why is my shoulder hurting right now? I did nothing but go to bed. Now I understand why sometimes I would see people in my family, mom, pop a few ibuprofen before they went to sleep. 
Like, now that's me. I'm like sneaking in here. What are you getting, babe? She thinks I'm getting like some milk and a brownie. No, I'm getting ibuprofen. I'm gonna be sore in the morning for going to bed. I look forward to a day where there's no chronic pain. Some of you though, though it seems like that you have serious physical illnesses that you live with every day. And people might not know it. You smile, you worship at church, but there's a pain that, that is internal. There's a, a depression and a mental weight of anxiety and worry that just the weight of the world and sin and fear presses upon you. And you battle this every day. There's a, a fear of the Lord every day that I don't wanna sin and I don't wanna mess up and I wanna honor God that every day we press upon. And he says, in heaven, there will no longer be that. So some of you right now, you're thinking, you know what? I, I think suicide is the answer. I, the weight of this depression, the weight of this anxiety, the weight of this fear of the future. I just want heaven. I just want to get there. And what I want to tell you is that you're going to have heaven because of your faith in Jesus Christ. So keep enduring what you're going through in this present age because there's a better day coming because of Jesus Christ. Keep pressing on, keep moving forward. And one day you're gonna see when you get to heaven that all of that pain and suffering, it is swallowed up and, and you will look at that suffering as good because it pushed us to fully depend on the goodness and the glory of God every single day. So every ache, every hurt, every suffering, let that drive you to the Savior that you will spend all of eternity with in no pain and in no suffering and in no hurt. The effects of sin will be removed, but he's also gonna make everything new. Look at verse five. Verse five, it says, then the one seated on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. He also said, right, because the words are faithful and true. He's like, look, I want y'all to know this is faithful and true. Take it to the bank. I'm making everything new. So what does this mean? You know, I talked about this earlier. People think that heaven is gonna be boring. It, man, I might get bored there. Like, I just, are we gonna sit with angels and just sing for a billion years and then take a break and sing a new one? Like, how, how are we gonna do that? But no, he, he's gonna make everything new. That means what we live for and what we do. Revelation chapter 22, verse three says it this way. It says, and his servants will serve him. It, so what that means is that we will fulfill our ultimate task. When he placed Adam and Eve in the garden, he says, I'm placing you here to, to tend and to work, to work the garden and to create and to bring it back to him in worship. So we will fulfill that task in heaven. You see, work was not a part of sin. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I gotta go to work because Adam and Eve. No, God created us to work for him. It's just yet in heaven, our work, our serving him will be without the effects of sin. It will be fully God glorifying. It will be fully enjoyable. Some of you right now, you're working a job to just make ends meet. You didn't wake up and think, you know what? For the rest of my life, God created me to do this job. You thought, no, God created me to have to eat food. And if I don't work, I'm not going to eat. So you're doing a job to just provide for your family. It doesn't provide ultimate enjoyment, ultimate satisfaction. Here's the good news for you. You need to understand our faith in Christ in heaven, we will get to ultimately have that job that is our dream job. It's what God made us for. He created us, he knows us, and we will have a fulfilling labor, a work. We will serve with him. And so not a part of the fall, just no effects of sin. So there'll be no cursing in our work. We won't have to work to provide. We will work to enjoy. To, what we do will be a part of enjoyment. So for some of you, making all things new, you build things with your hand, God, he's gonna create and give a perfect environment where you get to build for the glory of God. Some of you are artists and use a part of your brain that I do not have at all. I still use stick figures. 
Ask our staff when I'm writing on the whiteboard. No one understands it. I have to explain it. Needs an interpreter. That's not me, but you, I believe it's gonna be to the perfect fulfillment of art, the full expression of the glory of God. You sing, you, you lead, you guide, you teach. There's gonna be a place for God and, and a task for you to, to serve and it will be for him. There'll be no boredom. We're gonna get the perfect fulfillment of who God called us to be in heaven. Not only will we, we serve uh, him, but it also says in chapter 22, verse five, it says, and they will reign forever and ever. We will reign with him. We're gonna reign with Christ. What does that mean? What are we gonna reign? We're, we're prince and princesses, literally. So for some of y'all, you're like, it's a dream to be a princess. Guess what? It's happening, people. Heaven, you're gonna be that. Some of you are like, I don't wanna be no dang princess. Tough, you are. And so when we get to heaven, we're reigning with him. Now, what are we reigning over? Now, there's a bunch of different thoughts on this. Some would say that we're, you're gonna reign over uh, maybe the, the, uh, the angels, God created them and that in that we will reign, we will guide angels and uh, that, that's one thought. Another thought, uh, matter of fact, C.S. Lewis had this thought that God in his new creation will create other creations and we will reign over them. So if some of you are like, I believe in aliens, he would say there will be other creations and maybe we'll rule over them. Like some far distant, some of y'all are like, yes, God created me for the sci-fi channel and it's gonna happen. Maybe C.S. Lewis thought that could happen. Uh, a, a Narnia-like type of place. I don't know. Uh, that's what he thinks. But I think probably the most realistic part that I, I see is that we're gonna go back to like Genesis. God created Adam and Eve. And in creation, he put them over to reign over the earth and the animals that were there. So if you ask me, do I think there'll be animals in heaven? Absolutely. Um, and so I think God in his creation, he's making all things new. So there are gonna be animals without the impacts of sin. You will swim in water and not fear sharks. Can I get an amen? I don't think snakes are gonna make it, but I think he's gonna recreate. He's gonna recreate, spiders are gone, but there's gonna be something there. Roaches, you're done for, and you're burning up, baby. But there's gonna be a new creation, and I think we're gonna be over that creation. We will reign over, over that creation. And so that's kind of where I lean, but maybe we're surprised, and there's gonna be something else. But here's what we do know. We're gonna reign with him. We're gonna reign over him. So you say, heaven sounds amazing, and it is. And we're not gonna be bored. There's gonna be a ton to do for the glory of God forevermore with him. But what does this mean for today? Let me give you two things I think this means today. So look with me in verse six as we wrap this up. Look what he says. Then he said to me, it is done. I love this. Oh, he speaks. He says, it is done. Take it to the bank. It is done. This will happen. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I'm the A and the Z. I'm Genesis chapter one in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And in the end, I will recreate the heavens and the earth and it will be me. Everyone who says, I'm gonna stand, I'm gonna make it. I am God, worship me. You will crumble. And God says, I am the great I am. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And so he gives us really a new security. There's a new security today that flows out of knowing that it is done. It's finished. We're not living like to fight that that will happen. 
that will happen because God has decreed it will happen. And it's going to happen like he said it's going to happen. So we're not trying to fight for victory. We're living in the victory of Christ. And we want as many people to experience heaven with us. So what does this do? This spiritual thirst that we have will ultimately be satisfied in heaven. The, the blessings of heaven are all these things that we're gaining. And so if you look what he, he tells us, he says, in light of that, I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. We will be, this is the father and son imagery. All things will be put back together and right with him. We'll be completely satisfied in him. So what does this mean for us? Let me give you a few things. A pastor wrote a few things down on this and man, it really stuck with me. Let me tell you what I think this means for us. First of all, a movie came out not long ago. I think Morgan Freeman played in it. I didn't watch it, but I think it's called The Bucket List. But after that, this bucket list ideology kind of came out. Man, if we're gonna enjoy life, we better make a bucket list. A bunch of y'all have a bucket list. Let me, I, I'm not trying to trash your bucket list, but I'm about to trash your bucket list for a second. The thought with a bucket list ideology is really a theological issue because what you're saying is if I'm gonna live life to the fullest, then I better get to go and experience all these bucket lists before I die. But for the Christian, we will never truly die. And if we understand what heaven is, that means that there is nothing on our bucket list that we will ever experience that will touch how we will experience it in heaven. I mean, can you imagine like Hawaii is number one on your bucket list, right? It, it, it was on mine. But can you imagine what Hawaii is gonna be like made new without the effects of sin? I can tell you no mosquitoes, no humidity in the name of Jesus Christ, come on. It's gonna be amazing. And if you're living life to try to accomplish your bucket list, it will not touch what it will be like forevermore in heaven. So don't live life for your bucket list because of heaven. Live life to enjoy him for the glory of God today. That more people will get to experience a perfect heavenly bucket list because of Jesus Christ. So on that bucket list, I'm gonna give you some other things I think that you can do. Here's one. Stop living life depressed because you're aging. We spend millions and billions of dollars on age-defying serums and creams in every way under the sun. Here's this cactus lotus wrap patch on your eye that you sleep in and wrap your face up in and you look like a cucumber and you terrify everyone, all because you want a wrinkle gone. And the thought is, if I look in the mirror and I'm not as pretty or as beautiful or physically as I used to be, things are not as firm or as tight or my hair is not as full or as luscious. Like there's this image that I'm losing a step in life. But the best is not in this life. The best is yet to come. I'm gonna get a new body in a new place where I don't age and I don't have to worry about my daughter thinking my hair is white. So I'm not rushing out. Sorry if you work at Just For Men. Trash that junk. Rock your gray hair, Silver Fox. <laughs> because we're not living life thinking that our image is found in what we look at. Mom, some of you are looking at your children and you live every day in mourning because your children are getting older. Look, Levi, we brought him home, and for the first two weeks, it was, un I mean, he's just wrapped up in this like little swaddle, and he sleeps all the time, but the Joker's waking up every night, all night, and I have a new wrinkle. And some of you have swollen faces and your eye pouches, and you're trying to get rid of it, but the reality is that's called life. 
It's the effects of sin and a broken body. Men, some of you, you have hurt shoulders and you can't throw as hard as you used to. And you tell your kids how hard you used to throw, but they don't believe you. You break out a yearbook and you show them and, and they don't believe you anymore. And so there's this thing, I'm gonna get a shot. I'm gonna work it back out. I'm not as strong as I used to be. I'm not as manly as I used to be. It, here's the thing, the best we've ever experienced here is never gonna touch the worst that's found in heaven. So we don't live trying to recreate the best here. So don't live in mourning looking at your kids. Realize there's gonna be a day where we will spend eternity with them and there'll be no aging. There'll be no effects of sin. There'll be no worry over creams and hair colors and the stress of all of this. There'll be no body shaming and image making. We will live in the image of God and the glory of God. So stop living life stressing and, and honestly missing out on today depressed. Let heaven guide you in this and know the best is gonna be found there. So enjoy today. Enjoy where your kids are right now. And then they're gonna grow up and enjoy that age. And then enjoy the next age. And then you're gonna have heaven. And then because of Jesus, we will get to enjoy him forevermore. So we can't live life like this is our heaven. It's not. So don't be depressed over getting older. It's all, it's gonna happen every day. But there's gonna be a day I stop aging because of Jesus and we get to do it. So here's what we ought to do. We need to teach our kids to look forward to this. Don't raise your kids. Don't say something like this to your kids. You better enjoy high school. This is the best it's ever gonna be. No, it's not. First of all, if you peaked in high school, I'm really sorry. Let's talk, okay? High school is not the best it's ever gonna be. You say things like, oh, you better enjoy them four years of college. So you know what happens? They're scared to death of real life, so they extend it out to six. That degree didn't take four years, six years. They're just scared to death because they think the only fun thing they're ever gonna do in life is during that four years. No, no, stop. We need to teach our kids to understand the best that we're ever going to experience is not here in the first place. It's in heaven. So I can enjoy every phase of life for the glory of God to the fullest of God because I know the best is coming in heaven. So I don't have to worry about my hurt, my pain, my creek. All of that just puts me to Jesus and lets me enjoy him to the best of my ability. We need to teach our kids to look forward to this. And then we need to understand why we even have longings in the first place. Like why were we created to long something more than what we have here? Why is it that even as a Christian, we can't fully be satisfied? We always want something better to eat. We always want something better for a home. We always want... I mean, do you ever get enough money? You know, do we ever, are we ever fully happy where we are? No, why? Why are we longing for something more than this place? Because we're not created for this place. We're created for the garden that God is gonna restore and remake where we can walk with him in the fullness and we will have full satisfaction there. Therefore, stop trying to be satisfied in this place and let's go to him and be satisfied in Christ. This gives us a new security, but then it also gives us a renewed mission. Look what happens in verse eight. He says, but the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and the liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. I mean, he ends this with a sad reality, and that is that not everyone is going to enjoy heaven. And this should give us a renewed mission. See, there's one thing that we will not get to do in heaven that we get to do now, and that is to share the gospel. 
when we get to heaven, everybody there is gonna be a believer. So for all of you who think if we can just all vote this certain way, that's gonna fix everything. If we could just all be this way, that'll fix everything. What you're really longing for is not a political party or a remade America. You're really longing for heaven where everyone is gonna have the same mind and the same likeness with no sin. That's heaven. That's not here. But while we are here, we better live on mission for God so as many people can come to heaven with us as possible. Because when we breathe our last that'll be the last chance we ever have to share the good news of Jesus Christ. There's a reality. Because of Christ, I will spend an eternity in heaven. But also in Jesus Christ, those who don't will spend an eternity separated from him. So I will not waste my life for anything else. I get it. Man, there's traveling and there's fun in the sun, but at the end of the day, I've got one life to help and to make the name of Jesus as known as much as I can for as many people going to heaven as possible. So we want to declare the glory and the goodness of God so we can bring people there with us. So the one thing that we can do, let's do it now. Let's share the goodness of God, the glory of Christ, that as many people can enjoy heaven with us as possible.